You're listening to Destined Women Ministries, the podcast. Enjoy. Amen. Good morning. Good Thursday morning. Hallelujah. We thank the Lord for another day. We thank him for the continuation of this good word. Hallelujah. That is speaking to us and ministering to us in the name of Jesus. Father, we say speak, Lord, because your servants are listening. We thank you for everything you're pouring into us, confirming for us, imparting into us in the name of Jesus. And we ask in Jesus' name that you would just speak to us, continue to reveal to us, continue to confirm for us. Lord, we love you. There's none like you. And we say speak, Lord, because your servants are listening. It's in Jesus' name that we do pray. Amen. I pray that you all slept well. I pray that you all are having a blessed day already. And I pray that this is some good food for you that just um, strengthens you in the realm of the spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Turn with me to Matthew, the third chapter. And we're starting at the 13th verse. So on Monday morning, we spoke about um, God, Jesus himself being the facilitator of change. He's the one that puts the change into action and he makes the process easy or easier for us. He teaches our hands to war. He enlarges our steps so that our feet don't don't fail us. Glory to the name of the Lord. And um, we are looking now into scripture to see how to handle change because we know that we have to go through change. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes we don't understand everything, but we learned that we do have to walk by faith through these changes. And we're going to see the changes Jesus actually went through and how he went through them because he is our ultimate example. Amen. Amen. So um, he is who he brought to mind concerning this topic as God, the facilitator of change. Nobody went through more changes than Jesus did. Nobody went through this type of changes, status changes, location changes, um, assignment changes that Jesus went through. Okay. So if we want to find out how to handle these changes that God is putting us through, let's, let's, let's take a look at him. Okay, so Matthew 3, and this is the 13th verse, and it says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. Now, this is God himself, okay? And John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And he consented. He said, okay says, this is what we have to do for righteousness to be fulfilled, then fine. But this right here showed one thing that we can see. God humbled himself. God absolutely humbled himself. As we're going through this process of change, we have to learn how to humble ourselves too and to allow these things to take place so that all righteousness can be fulfilled. It's not about what we think we should have, who we're supposed to be, how we're supposed to be perceived, what we're accustomed to. No, no, no. These things have to be fulfilled in your life so that all righteousness can be fulfilled in your life so that the perfect will of God can be accomplished in your life. Glory to God. And this is the mind of Christ as he's moving and as he's being the perfect example of the son of God to us. Now turn with me to Philippians, the second chapter. Philippians chapter two. And we're going to start at verse five and I'm reading the English standard version. Let's go here. It says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who 
though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death of a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. It's all for the glory of God our Father. Everything that is happening in your life is working together to bring glory to God our Father. It's not supposed to take you out. It's not supposed to hurt you. It's not all about you. It's not all about your family. This is for the glory of Hallelujah. You're going back for the glory of God. Glory to the name of the Lord. I am hearing it again. You've made some vows and you need to go back and fulfill that those vows that you made before the Lord. All these things are taking place for the glory of God. So let's dissect this. Verse five says, have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus. You are to have the same mind that Jesus had. The mind of Christ welcomes change. That's the first. He welcomed change. The mind of Christ, when you're thinking with the mind of Christ, you welcome change. You don't run from a challenge. If it is the will of the Father for you, you embrace it. Remember I said, remember that word in this season of change. Embrace. When thinking with the mind of Christ, you change according to the will of the Father, not your own will. You submit to God's timing, not your own timing. So right here, some of us, remember, it's just me, you, and the Holy Spirit. I can't even see you right now. You need to start shaking your head like, yep, I'm trying to do this thing in my own timing. I have not submitted to God. How am I calling myself being in the will of God, but not submitted to his way and his timing? How do I call myself being in the will of God and I have not submitted to his actual will? I'm trying to do this thing my own way. I'm trying to figure this thing out on my own time. I'm trying to do this thing the best way I can. No, no, no. You're not thinking with the mind of Christ. That's the revelation you need to come to. You need to think with the mind of Christ because the mind of Christ will welcome change. When you say, you know what, Jesus, if that's where you want me, that's where I'll go. If this is my new assignment, this is my new assignment. If you want me to stay here, I'm going to stay here. The mind of Christ welcomes change. It may not feel comfortable for you, but the mind of Christ at work in you will welcome change according to the will of God. Why? Because God is the facilitator of change. He's going to welcome what he's facilitating because it's working together for your good and for his glory. So when you're thinking with the mind of Christ that is welcoming and embracing change, you are changing and um, you are changing according to the will of the father and you are submitting to the timing of God. You can wait when you know you're in God's will. You can wait because you're in the will of God, not your own will. You change according to the will of the Father. 
You're not making changes according to your own wisdom. You're not making changes according to your own opinion. You're making changes according to the will of the father. Hallelujah. God is the facilitator of change. We have to welcome this change. Jesus welcomed the change. He didn't run from the cross. He didn't run from his human body. None of that. He welcomed it. Thank you, Jesus. And listen to what it says in verse six, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. He's literally in glory, just all glorified, a part of, in the Godhead, just glorious, just glorious, absolutely eternal. That's not the thing that he was going to hold on to, though, because there was a deeper will and a deeper revelation that had to be fulfilled. And since it's through Jesus that all things were created and all things consist, Jesus is the only one that could come here and create this new covenant in his own blood. He was the only one that had the power to put the end to the old covenant because he's the one who created it. So it goes on to say, in order for this perfect will to be accomplished, right? He emptied himself. This is verse seven. That's one thing he did. He emptied himself. Second thing he did, he took on the form of, the, of a servant. And the third thing he did was he was born in the likeness of men. Now, mind you, he's God. So this is a change for him. He's not a man. He's eternal. He's God. He was not so fused and attached to his then identity that he wasn't able to shift with the will of God. You cannot be so fused with and attached to your old beliefs and what you thought and what was right for you and all that stuff that you're not able to become who God is calling you to be, that you're not able to move from that realm of glory to the next. You can't be so fused with and loyal to your old seasons that you can't step into your new ones. I remember I wasn't hearing God clearly and I said, God, why aren't you answering me? And he said, because I'm in the new season, you're still in the old season and I'm no longer speaking there. Some of us need to catch up with where God is. He's already given you the instructions. Come on now. Thank you, Jesus. So he was not so fused and attached with his uh, identity at that time in his, in his state of glory, glory to God, that he wasn't able to shift with the sovereign will of the father. Amen. He was able to move according to the will of God because as scripture says, he did not count his equality with God, the thing to be grasped. I'm happy that you're growing in the realm of the spirit. I'm happy that you have revelation that you didn't have before, but you have to be willing to move according to the will of God. You can't be so fused with where you are and what you've learned in your own opinion, and your own beliefs that you can't do what God is calling you to do. Okay. He was more attached to God's will than he was attached to who he had become. He was more attached to the will of God than who he was rather, because he just always was God. He didn't become, he was okay. Amen. But he was more attached to God's will than himself, which perfectly flows into verse seven. Because he was more attached to the will of God than he was attached to himself and who he was and his status. He was able to shift with the will of God and do whatever it required him to do. 
And so this is what the will of God required Jesus to do. And this is what the will of God will require you to do. Three things. Empty yourself, become a servant, and change your form. I'm going to go into verse one. He emptied himself. When he realized that this identity that I have is no longer in line with God's perfect and sovereign will, he removed himself from that. He said, you know what? I'm not going to grasp this. I'm not going to hold on to this. There's a greater glory coming, but I have to go through some changes to receive it. The first thing he did was emptied himself. You have to willingly empty your own self. Okay. Pour your own self out, lay your own self, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable on that altar. Nobody's going to force you there kicking and screaming, empty yourself out. It's your choice. You choose how fast, hallelujah. You choose how this thing goes. You choose how quickly you empty yourself or how fast you empty yourself. These things are up to you. This is your choice. You can say, you know what, Jesus, I hear you telling me to go back. I hear you telling me to do this and do that, but I'm just not ready right now. Okay, wait then. You're not ready for the glory. You're not ready for God's will to be seen. You're not ready for God to get his glory. You're not ready for this to work together for your good. Okay, wait then. The second thing he did. So the first thing he emptied himself. You have to empty yourself to be in the will of God. You have to empty yourself to see this change materialize. Hallelujah. In your life, in your marriage, in your family, in your career, all that stuff. You have to empty yourself because we're full of ourselves. And this is scripture is telling us Jesus was not full of himself. He emptied himself. He didn't think who he was was so great. Uh, some of us, we are so attached to who we become and the life that we are perceived to have that we can't empty ourselves. God himself emptied himself. He's our example. He's the facilitator of the change. And he requires us, if we're going to see this change manifest, we have to empty ourselves. Okay. Second thing, he took upon him the form of a servant. Okay. He took the form of a servant. He willingly took the form. He took, he grasped for that. He let go of his former status and he grasped or took the form of a servant. He embodied and became a servant. What does this mean for you? How does this look? It means you are no longer living to accomplish your own agenda, but you are being totally committed to doing whatever you are told to do and whatever the assignment requires. You think about a servant. They're not trying to, you know, accomplish their own agenda. They're not out here trying to promote their own will. They are completely at service to the will of their master. Whatever he says, that's what they do. And guess what? If there's a job that needs to be done, they're going to figure out whatever it takes to do what that assignment requires. Okay. And that's something that the Lord brought to mind because some of us will sit around like we, oh, I don't know what to do next. God not saying nothing. Well, what would a servant do? What would a servant do? Any example, if he is cooking dinner for his master and he sees that he's run out of eggs or something like that, he's going to go and find himself some applesauce to make that cornbread rise or whatever. Okay. You're going to do what it requires to get the job done. You're not just going to sit there and say, I can't do it. I don't know how a servant is going to do whatever it takes, whatever the assignment requires. If you got to get to the nitty gritty down and dirty, whatever you're a servant, you're going to do it. And you trust that your master will reward you for your service. None of it is in vain. So you become a servant by no longer living to accomplish your own agenda. 
you become a real servant who is totally committed to doing whatever you're told to do and whatever the assignment requires. God, if I have to wash feet, God, if I have to clean homes, God, if I have to cook, God, if I have to do this, God, if I have to do that, I'm a servant. I'm your servant and I'm a servant to your people. Whatever you say, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it for your glory. I'm going to do it happily. Hallelujah. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. The third thing Jesus did was it says he was found in the likeness of a man. So what does that mean for us? That means we have to change our form and our identity to fit within the will of God. We become unrecognizable, but still accomplishing the will of God, right? How? As a new creature. This is why change is change in form, change in the way people perceive you is absolutely necessary because you are a new creature. And what people see when they look at you has to match with what's going on on the inside of you. Remember, we learned you can't put new wine into old wine skins. All things become new. And this renewing and this from glory to glory, this is lifelong with you and your walk with Jesus Christ until you reach that ultimate glory with your glorified body and you're just doing all types of amazing things in the realm of the spirit. Um, glory to God. As you're on this earth, you're going to be changing. You're going to be growing. You're going to be maturing. That ministry is going to be changing. Your body is going to be changing. Your face for, in, for the better in the name of Jesus is going to be changing. You're going to be like fine wine. Okay, pour, pour it into some new wine skins. There's going to be some new fine wine. Amen. But we are constantly going through changes. And God needs what's going on on the outside to keep up with the revelation of what's on the inside. So no, when people see you, they won't see the old you. They'll see the new you. They'll hear the new you. They'll see what the new you is producing. It won't be the you five years ago. It won't be the you two years ago. It's going to be the you that God has been preparing you to become. And then guess what? When you're done with that, there's a greater realm of glory. Hallelujah. And the realm of the spirit, and this is all for God's glory. And the realm of the spirit, change is something that is constant. So even if it isn't obvious, or even if it doesn't appear, or even if it, um, pardons me, even if it appears that nothing is happening, things are still changing. I'm going to say it again, just for clarification. In the realm of the spirit, change is constant. Things are constantly changing. Things are constantly coming together. Things are constantly being um, moved apart. Things are constantly shifting in the realm of the spirit. Don't you dare think that this earth realm has more activity than the spirit realm when it comes to the hands of our father. We know that there's always an ant crawling somewhere, a star moving around somewhere, a tree leaf blowing somewhere. Don't you think that things are constantly changing and moving in this earth realm and God doesn't have something greater going on in the spirit with your name attached to it? Hallelujah. In the realm of the spirit, change is constant. Things are always changing and moving according to the will of God. So even if it isn't obvious to you, beloved, even if you say, you know what? Well, I don't see it. It's not in this earth realm for me, Tiffany. I don't see the change. You have to trust the Lord that even if it appears that nothing is happening, things are still changing. So let me tell y'all, when we know, we know for sure 
even if we don't see it, once we get out of January and once we get into that February month, even if it's still cold, even if it's still icing out, we know for sure that springtime is coming. Even if we can't see it, we know it's going to happen. It's a short thing because it's established by God. Change is constant. We already know that as soon as certain months come, certain fruit is going to start to bloom. Even if we couldn't see it the month prior, we know that it's happening in ways that we cannot see with the naked eye. There's a far greater thing taking place in the realm of the spirit. There is fruit growing for you that you cannot see. There are things happening that you don't know about, but change is constant in the realm of the spirit. And if you're in the realm of the spirit, change is constant for you. God has things for you. Things are happening. This is why he's requiring you to do things like go back, change this, do this, stop doing that, start doing this. God knows what he is doing. He is the facilitator of the changes taking place in your life. And you have to learn to trust him with your life. You have to be released from that spirit of fear and apprehension and trepidation and move forward in the things that God has for you in the name of Jesus. Move forward with confidence because God is the author and finisher of your faith. Now, if you were the one who was in control of everything, you have every reason to fear. You can't trust yourself in your flesh dwells no good thing. So you need to surrender control, embrace the change and undergo this transformation that God is attempting to do in your life. Receive it, embrace it. It's good. It's not bad. It's not going to harm you. He has plans to prosper you. Hallelujah. To give you a future, to give you hope. He's not going to hurt you. It may be uncomfortable. It may not be what you like, but let God be true and every man a liar. God is the ultimate judge of what of what takes place in your bedroom, of what you put on, all those things. Do what the spirit of the living God is telling you to do and flow with the spirit of God. Flow with his spirit and see what he does. Father, we love you in the name of Jesus and we thank you for change. We thank you that you are the facilitator of change. We thank you that we can point a finger at everybody else, but usually Jesus is us that just needs to surrender. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And we pray for strength and maturity as we move forward in your will. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray and we cover this with the blood of Jesus. And I come against every spirit that would try to come against the word of God um, today. In Jesus name we pray. Amen.